Hi guys, welcome to Hauntedology. My name is Megan. I'm your host and along with my mom, who is your co-host, we tell you stories every week that are of hauntings or paranormal activity in different cities or a city in America and eventually the rest of the world. It is our belief that every city has a story to tell and it's our job to tell it. So we thank you guys for listening and We can't wait to dive into this week's episode, so let's go. This week's haunt is the Owens Thomas house. It is one of Savannah, Georgia's oldest houses and therefore it has seen and been through it all along with the city. As the city grew, the house still stood and it saw everything that happened and it's seen some tragedies in its past and some of those still hang around today or so some people say. A British architect named William J. built the famed Owens Thomas House in the year 1819, and it's considered to be one of the most intriguing houses in Savannah today. It actually is home to a slave quarter still, and it's still referred to as such. The house has maintained its English Regency style with furnishings and art from the period, as well as some pieces originating from the Owens family themselves. Cool. The Owens Thomas House is considered to be like the pinnacle of old Savannah with its long storied past and it's easy to see why the ghosts of its former guests and residents would continue to roam the property. The house at 124 Abercorn Street was originally known as the Richardson House after the first owner, cotton merchant and banker Richard Richardson. Richardson had actually come to Savannah by way of New Orleans. His first wife, Frances, was closely tied to the architect, William J., as her brother was married to Jay's sister, Anne. In the following years, Richardson, the banker, lost most of his fortune and was forced to sell the house. Not long after the sale, the Bank of the United States possessed the house. Later, the property was run by Miss Mary Maxwell as a lodging house. Oh, here we go again. (laughs) Every house in Savannah was a lodging of... Bed breakfast or something at one time. Okay, I think it's safe to say that we can coin the phrase for this podcast. It's never just a boarding house, and it's never <laughs> just an inn. There you go. During this time, one of the more famous guests of the house was Marquise de Lafayette, a Revolutionary War hero. You know, like Lafayette Square? Yeah, um, the, I was thinking the name was extremely familiar. Marquise um, it's, it's very interesting. Okay. In 1830, the house was sold to attorney and politician George Welshman Owens for $10,000. Well, now. Nice. <laughs> now, <laughs> My I car costs more than that. I have to say, that was a lot for back in those days, but nice. The Savannah-born Owens was drawn to the regency of the house. Five years after buying the house, Owens, who had once been the mayor of Savannah, was elected to the United States Congress in the year 1835. <laughs> So, flash forward to four years later, his political career is over, and he's back in Savannah and continues to practice law until he dies. After his death, the house eventually went to Margaret Thomas, the granddaughter of Owens. 
Upon her death, she bequeathed the house to the Telfair Academy of Arts and Sciences in 1951. You know a brief history of the passing of the house from owner to owner at this point. So, you can imagine it's been through its fair share. Mm -hmm. But, for more about the actual house and the property itself, Mm -hmm. it actually has what is called urban slave quarters. Okay. So, when you think of slaves in the Old South, what do you think? What immediately comes to your mind? The cotton fields. Exactly. This is different. Yeah, this was a city situation. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, yeah, I mean, they had house slaves and they had the field slaves. And um, the field slaves, they kind of had their residence out kind of a way. But then there were some who lived in um, areas of the house. Mm-hmm. Like a carriage house. They had their area they were allowed in. Yeah. But not in the living quarters of the house owners. Okay. That's kind of how the um, city slaves were. The house has, like we just talked about, one of the oldest urban slave quarters that is still intact and actually offers visitors a chance to understand that while this house is majestic, it's seen its fair share of horrors. The slave quarters have virtually remained untouched in its 200 years of existence. So when you enter these quarters, you'll find artifacts and other relics that were used by the slaves. When you look up to the ceiling, you'll see is painted a water blue. A color called Haint Blue. Okay, now I'm waiting for an answer. What's that significance? It is believed that the slaves painted the ceiling this color to ward off evil spirits and to keep other restless ghosts who refuse to move on from entering their world. These spirits are referred to as Haint. The ceiling was painted a shade of blue similar to the color of water, for it was believed that Haints could not cross over water and so restless Spirits always steer clear of anything resembling the color of water. I'm also wondering if it has something to do with their, like, Haitian or African beliefs, wherever mm-hmm. these slaves were from. Because mm-hmm. the haint is kind of what's making me... Right, right. ...little... Hmm. Yeah, where'd that name come from? Yeah, because yeah. that's not, like, what a Christian would call a spirit. We just call them ghosts of spirits. Yeah. Um. So that's what's me. making me wonder if it's maybe part of whatever religion that these... Mm-hmm. Slaves were brought over from from their part of the world. Could very well be. So, I know you're wondering by now, are there ghosts in this place? Well, yeah, it's Savannah, and I think we've established by now, if it's old and it's in Savannah, particularly in the historic district, it's going to be haunted. In the Owens Thomas house's long history, it's seen just about all of it. Slavery, the fire of 1820, the Civil War, and yellow fever are just some of the tragedies that have been witnessed by this poor house. It's conceivable that these events are what make Savannah one of the most haunted cities in the American South, and some say all of America, on who you talk to. Yeah. I'm sure there are other cities that like to keep that title too. The Owens Thomas house might just be one of the more restless houses in this ghost-ridden city. It's long been said that the Owens Thomas house is a place of many secrets and hauntings. Spirits here linger about, unable to cross over for whatever reason that might be. The lost souls roam throughout the halls of the rooms of the property that they call home. One of the most frequently spotted spirits is a well-built man with jet black hair dressed in 1830s garb. This man apparently likes to stand in the front parlor room watching guests as they venture around the house. Once tired, he simply vanishes and walks through a wall. We had enough, we had enough. I guess he gets tired of people watching. This is so, you always do. You go to the mall with people watch or Walmart and people watch. You just finally get tired of it and go home. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I can see it. And, of course, you can't truly be a haunted house until there are reports of items being moved or even tossed around from time to time or room to room. Okay. In particular, the dining room is where this happens. Chairs are occasionally moved out from its table by an unseen presence, and the staff has also heard phantom footsteps and unexplained noises emanating from empty rooms. So, yes, there seems to be a surprise that awaits every visitor in each of the rooms of the Owens Thomas house. This is especially so in the upper floors where shadowy figures have been known to appear. So, let's talk more about this dining room ghost before we talk about the upper floor ghosts. Yeah, because apparently the food wasn't very good. (laughs) Or it was really good and he don't want to leave. One of the two. <laughs> the only reported run-ins with this particular entity was that of a former maid at the Owens Thomas house. Reportedly, she had a few run-ins, and one night, this maid went through the dining room to make sure everything was in order as it should be. She then would lock up and be able to leave for the night. Upon her return the following morning, she entered into the dining room and was surprised to find the tables in disarray, with one of the chairs even pulled out. She claimed it was as if someone had just eaten a meal and didn't bother to pick up after themselves. Well, then maybe food was good. Ghost slobs. (laughs) That would be my luck. Amen be my luck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't even with this ghost, so let's just move on to a more infamous presence in this house. (laughs) The Lady in Grey. Because you know they're always wearing gray or white. Yeah. They weren't really colorful back in those days either. That's true. I mean, I guess there weren't a lot of dyes like we have now. Weren't a lot of color choices. Not a lot lot of palettes to choose from. This is true. The lady in gray. She is the infamous spirit here. This particular lady in gray is believed to be the spirit of Margaret Thomas. Miss Margaret's ghost has been spotted at night strolling around the garden in which she spent so much of her living years. She has also been described as wearing a large hat and a gray shawl. Rumors also say that the very bed in which Margaret died is still located in the house. Oh. Yeah, um, mm, okay. I ain't gonna rent that room. <laughs> Perhaps her spirit is still tied to the bed, allowing her soul the ability to wander around the home in the afterlife. Oh, no, I ain't sharing a bed with Margaret. Uh-uh. <laughs> Maggie, uh-uh. Maggie can have her room. <laughs> what, she don't like being called Maggie? You just made her mad. Well, thank God. I'm about 30 miles from her. <laughs> Girlfriend, go keep her room. You stay in your room, I stay in my room. We all be happy. You have another room. I think it's Locky Pato. Hey, Maggie's pissed tonight. Can I have another room? <laughs> It's Maggie's time of the month. (laughs) Oh, even the afterlife, that would suck. (laughs) Now, by the time old Maggie got there, she wasn't doing that anyway. That's true. (laughs) So, I actually have a few thoughts on this. Number one, like, dang, that's a good bed to last that long. Okay? Like, okay, there we go. I got to give the bed that. Yeah, but now things were really made well back in those days, honestly. I wonder if they still make that kind of bed. I don't know, but um, the mattress and stuff had to be crappy. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know um, the brand, so maybe I could purchase one for myself and have it last a few hundred thousand years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Number two, holy crap, that is gross. Get rid of the freaking bed. It's literally a deathbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. Mm-mm. Like, oh my God, I can't even right now with this house. Mm-mm. There is the slop kebab ghost and the deathbed. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my God. But wait, there's more. Oh, yay. Before the house became a museum, old Miss Margaret rented out the upstairs. It's never just an inn. Never. 
On one occasion, a ghost made his presence known to a couple of gentlemen who were visiting the friend, their friend who lived upstairs. The actual tenant did not see the ghost himself, but his two friends insisted that they did. They claimed to see a ghostly man wearing a riding coat and a shirt with ruffles. The presence stood in the doorway for a short time before walking through the wall into another room. Yeah, but if I'm a man wearing ruffles, I'd go somewhere too. Mm, that's true. I don't want to be out in public. People see me with ruffles on. It's so 1800. The tenant's friends were visibly shaken and were initially at a loss for words after their paranormal encounter. They later asked their friend if he ever had experienced any paranormal activity in the house. And the friend said that he was scared to go downstairs at night, but had yet to encounter the man in the writing code or any other spectral beings. So why are you scared to go downstairs at night? Chicken. Chicken. Chicken, you live in hideout. But that was when Miss Margaret was still alive, so it wasn't like her ghost was roaming around the place. Well, apparently, she ain't the only ghost. She's already a uh, buff, dark-haired guy. I know. So, this house has legit got it all. Even the author of the famous book, Here We Go Again, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, oh old Jim Williams, stayed here, and he came face-to-face with the spirit, supposedly. Jim Williams was a man who was very familiar with a lot of Savannah's ghosts, as he owned the Hampton Lily Bridge house at one point in time, which is the only house to date in Savannah to have an exorcism performed there. Anyways, this isn't about that house. So, in this one instance, at another haunted Savannah home, Williams claimed to have had an encounter at the Owens Thomas house. This was in, like, the 1960s, and Williams and his business partner, and, and one of their friends who rented the room upstairs were having a drink in the front room of the house. Williams and his business partner were sitting in chairs across from their friend who was sitting on a couch. The trio had been deep in conversation for well over an hour when Mr. Williams' business partner made note of a man who had mysteriously appeared in the back of the room behind the friend who was seated on the couch. Williams had also become aware of the man. He described this ghostly man as wearing a riding coat and boots with his riding crop still in hand. You know, rumor has it that the riding crops were frequently used for beating. They were a whippy type stick. Is that the thing that they would like hit the horses with mm-hmm. and make them run faster? Mm-hmm. Oh, torture device. Yeah, not always was the horse the one being hit. The ghost is said to have paced around the room as if he was impatiently awaiting someone's arrival. He walked around for about 10 minutes or so. The ghost, for unknown reasons, then passed through the couch and walked toward Williams. The ghost neared Williams so closely that he was able to tell the color of the ghost's eyes. Apparently, they were blue for any and all who may be wondering. And he even saw beads of sweat gathered on the ghost's brow. So, apparently, oh, ghosts, that stinks. Yeah, apparently ghosts can sweat. That stinks because I'm hot all the time. I darn sure don't want to be hot all the time when I'm dead. Maybe you ain't going to the same place you might be going to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is true. He might not. He might, he might not be. He might be on the other side of the Gulf. <laughs> side note: If they are real, I didn't think the ghost could sweat. Anyways, this business partner was stunned by what he had watched, and Williams was in a state of confusion. The ghost just then vanished before their eyes, and Williams later poked fun at the encounter, saying that only in Savannah would a ghost sweat. <laughs> That's true, man. The humidity. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hmm. Just a week after that night, William's friend had another experience with the ghost and thus promptly decided to move out of the Owens Thomas house. Personally, I think I'd have been gone the first time. I thoroughly agree. Mm-hmm. I think if I want to die, though, and I'm going to come back as a ghost, I'd like to do that with Smoky Mountains. Oh, I would just like to do it somewhere I could, like, scare the crap out of people for the fun of it. <laughs> I might as well get a kick out of it. 
Okay, you're going to be that sickening ghost. I, I am. You're bad enough as a human. I know. I would just sit there and flicker the lights just to freak him out. <laughs> it, it, it would just be hilarious. Finally, one ghostly haunt at the Owens Thomas house was witnessed by one of the museum's tour guides named Missy Brandt. She once shared the following story of her interesting encounter. It was late one evening as she was giving a tour when she heard the very clear sound of someone striking a match. Soon, she could then smell the distinct aroma of tobacco burning. Missy then looked around her group, but no one was smoking. She then asked her group, does any smell smoke and one of the guests responded yes i saw a match flare up behind you and smoke puffing out of thin air okay <laughs> was that guest being um smart pine or legit i'm gonna assume legit because this was confirmed by a few others in the group that they had all heard the strike of the match followed by the phantom flame okay they then explained how they could see the smoke disappear just as soon as Missy had asked her before-mentioned question. Obviously, there are no shortage of creepy stories of the Owens Thomas house. This house has seen it all, and they have the stories to tell for it. If you believe in ghosts, that is. Okay. And I'm starting to believe that the slaves are right, and every room needs to be painted blue. <laughs> and not just the ceiling. Oh. And then it'd be called the Blue House. We find out why it's the Blue House. <laughs> hey, we already got a pink house. This is true. Very true. Why not add in the colors of the rainbow? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I do all of the writing and compiling of all the different stories myself. And it means a lot that you guys will sit here and listen to what I have to say. If you would like to reach out to me on social media, you can go to Instagram and go to at Megan Noel Podcasts. So M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L Podcasts. Or my personal Instagram at the Megan Noel. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I really appreciate it. If you guys could give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show, that would be amazing, and we would be forever grateful. Thank you guys, and I cannot wait to tell you the next story.